Presentation seven, don't waste a good recession. May Day, the 1st of May, 2020. I don't know about you, I was surprised at how fast April went, especially compared to March, 2020, which was one of the longest years of my life. And I think that's reflective of the transition in my business from that initial respond phase, when we were faced with the pandemic, the lockdown, the economic fallout, into the planning phase having the headspace and the financial security to be able to start looking forward for the future of what I want to create in my business, the opportunity that a recession creates, which is the theme, of course, of don't waste a good recession. So a useful way to start this week's presentation is to ask yourself how April felt to you, especially in comparison to March. Was it much faster? Was it the same? Was it even slower? And that might give you an indication of how fast you and your business are moving through this. We all move through these at our own pace. Thank you again to all of those people who have liked and subscribed, Facebook group, on YouTube, on Spotify, and other podcasting platforms, and those who've signed up for the mailing list at jacobaldridge.com. My intention is not just to give you one or two little bits of insight that you can run with. It's to really upskill your strategic capability as a business owner and a business leader. And that means integrating a number of these concepts over time. Of course, some will be more relevant to you than others. I appreciate your feedback and questions to keep us focused. Later in this episode, I'm actually going to jump in and discuss a special offer that I'm making available. This is an opportunity to bring me into your business at no charge to you. And for many of you who have been watching all seven presentations now, you've seen a lot of the content. And so I also wanted to answer some questions around the process of how small to medium-sized business owners can work with me now or at some future point when that becomes most relevant. Let's jump into our starting meditation. So I would invite you, wherever you're seated, wherever you're resting, to close your eyes, to just relax some of that tension you may have to lean into your seat, whatever support you have, and to draw attention to your breath. Breathing in deeply through your nose and breathing out at your pace through your mouth. And again through your nose and out through your mouth. We focus on breath at the start of a meditation because it is that conduit between our conscious and our subconscious. The parts of our body, our brain that we control and the parts that we don't need to control. And breath fits into both of those spaces. So breath is something that often through your day will happen subconsciously and yet it's something you can take charge of at any point in through your nose and out through your mouth that is true of so many of the sensations that go on in your body some of the tension that you may hold some of the stress that you may be feeling through these times or some of the franticness 
whether that's so much you need to do or so much opportunity you want to seize. All of those things are often playing behind the scenes, subconsciously in our mind and feeding through into our physical body. And by taking charge of our breath, breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth, we open the gateway between the two to check in quickly as we're doing here or over a longer period at your own pace when it suits you as part of your regular meditation routine to just see where there might be some tension, where there might be some uncertainty, some pressure, where your brain maybe is creating stories about what's going on for you physically instead of just acknowledging some of those feelings, physical and emotional, not buying into them, not accepting those stories, and where that's a sensation you don't want to be experiencing, just remembering like those clouds across the sky that they will move and that we can involve ourselves in moving them sometimes, not by fighting them, not by diving deep into them, sometimes as simply as connecting with our breath, breathing in through our nose, and as we breathe out through our mouth, breathing out all of that tension, that uncertainty, those stories. We'll do that two more times, in through your nose, deep breath out through your mouth. One last deep inhalation. And as you breathe out, I invite you to press the palms of your hands together, open your eyes and join us grounded, present and focused for this week's presentation. The economic snapshot for May Day, the 1st of May, 2020. We start with active coronavirus cases. On one degree, it's a little bit more of the same from last week. We break down some of those numbers. We are seeing a slowing, the UK, the US and globally, while active coronavirus cases are all up again this week. They are up by a smaller number than previous weeks. And that is something to be grateful for. A reminder that we're looking at active coronavirus cases. You possibly saw the headlines out of the US this week that total cases, including those who have recovered in the USA, have now exceeded 1 million people. Indeed, this week was also the week when more Americans in total had died of COVID-19 than actually died in the Vietnam War, which is a tragic milestone. And while I continue to focus on your business in my area of expertise, we must never lose sight of the health crisis that's going on for many countries. I'm quite fortunate to be based here in Australia at the moment, where for the fourth week in a row, active cases have declined. And in fact, we now have less than a thousand active cases around our whole country of 25 million. That's gonna create some interesting differences in some of the economic figures moving forward. I wanted to, to jump into that actually and, and ask a question. Is Australia going to be the lucky country once again? Uh, it's a moniker, if you're not familiar with it, that Australia has held uh, for more than a century where our exposure to resources, 
everything from wool to iron ore to uranium has meant that we seem to, as a country, be well positioned to ride out some of the worst of the economic ups and downs. And to give you an idea, if you're not aware, Australia is the only developed country that has not had a recession in the last 25 years. Even through the Great Recession, the global financial crisis, there are only two countries in the OECD that didn't have a recession, Australia and Poland. Poland, unfortunately, since then has had a recession, which means Australia is on the longest no recession streak, which is not quite the same as growth. It's not the be all and end all, but it is something that Australian governments certainly hold themselves to. And to give you an idea of how lucky we were through what we call the GFC, the global financial crisis, much of the rest of the world calls the Great Recession. We have a look at annualised rolling GDP growth across uh, some comparable countries. So we look at the UK, the US and Canada, uh, their GDP growth numbers from 2006 to 2012. And you can see UK, deep drop recession, US, Canada and Australia managing to ride that wave uh, partly off the back of resources, although Canada also benefited from that, partly uh, off a stricter financial system and uh, you know, a little bit of luck, which does at the time and certainly looking back, affirm the lucky country nickname that we've inherited. And if we look at a similar chart for active coronavirus cases, this is from February 15th, so the middle of February to April 30, the last two and a half months, uh, it's important to note that this is not to scale. This will just give you an idea of peaks and trends. Uh, and again, the UK, the USA and Canada, not to scale. We know the US has the highest number of cases out of those. They're all following very, very similar trajectories. And Australia peaked earlier and has seen quite a downward trend. So in terms of the economic consequences, in terms of what that means for small and medium-sized businesses here in Australia, lockdown restrictions are starting to be relaxed in many states. In one state in particular, South Australia, they have not had a new COVID-19 case in over a week. This could very well mean that we will be the lucky country economically. And while I would still basically bet my house and what I'm doing right now, which is betting my business on Australia having a recession in 2020. There's no doubt that given the impact of the coronavirus, the pandemic on the economy, Australia is well placed at this point to write it out. I will give some caution to those Australians who think that maybe this means we're headed for a V-shaped recession and maybe we're going to recover much, much earlier. But Australia, of course, was recovering from the bushfire crisis when the pandemic struck and that there were heading into 2020 some structural concerns within the Australian economy that suggested a recession was imminent regardless of this pandemic. So even though those figures are great from a health crisis and that probably means good things for us economically, it certainly doesn't mean that we're out of the woods. Looking at the rest of the economic snapshot, those three markets that we're using as indicators, the FTSE, the Dow Jones Industrial and the ASX 200 were all up this week between three and 6%. Remember that markets are a forward indicator. If they're up, that means there's some kind of consensus that things will get better sooner, they will get better faster moving forward. 
and not necessarily looking at some of the data that is retrospective. Um, why do they think that things are, are possibly looking up? Who knows? Uh, I report, you decide. No new unemployment figures this week, uh, but the big, which is there in red, was that the US GDP growth numbers for the March quarter were released. The consensus among economists, those in the dismal science, was that the US economy would contract by 4% in the quarter. Actual figures were a larger than expected contraction, negative GDP growth, that wonderful oxymoronic phrase that I love, negative 4.8%. Uh, and in doing so, the US has actually ended the longest period of expansion in the country's history, dating back to early in the Obama administration, uh, the dying days of the Great Recession, the global financial crisis. Uh, quarter after quarter of GDP growth uh, has finally, uh, in a cyclical sense, as expected, come to an end. Uh, that is also the steepest contraction since the last quarter of 2008, since the depth of uh, the, the, the global financial crisis. Uh, the Australian figures, I believe, will be out for our next presentation, which means we're going to get an idea uh, of the March quarter. So not some of those April figures when the coronavirus cases were declining in Australia, we'll get the March quarter, uh, which includes the early stages of this pandemic and also in Australia, the bushfires. So it'll be uh, very, very interesting to see how we compare with the US. Your priorities for this week, uh, and we're really talking in Don't Waste a Good Recession presentations about that transition from the respond phase to the plan phase. And, and are you ready? Are you ready to transition? Um, if you're not, if you're not sure whether you've, you've fully done the respond phase yet, uh, presentation six from last week, uh, has a good run through of all the signs that you are in the planning phase, you're at the end of the respond phase, some key metrics in your business and your headspace. Presentation five from two weeks ago has a review of all the respond phase priorities up to that point. So if your financial figures haven't yet flattened, if your head, your mindset is still very much short term, that's a good indication that you're still in the respond phase. Uh, go back to presentation five, look at all those priorities, see what things there are that maybe will help your business. Uh, and, you know, I'm really mindful that I'm living in Australia in 2020. As we've seen, lockdown is starting to open up. We certainly haven't been as severely hit as the UK, the US, many other countries, which means that our businesses, including mine, are shifting into that plan phase a little bit faster. Uh, different industries, too, are having some of these different challenges. Uh, and while some are thriving, I'm particularly mindful that there are other businesses in some industries that are still in a forced lockdown or a forced go slow. Uh, and for those businesses, you won't be able to fully deal with the respond phase until you are allowed to reopen. It's only once you are reopened, which I hope happens for you very soon, that you will be able to properly assess the impact of everything on your business as normal. If this is the first presentation you're tuning in, or just as a refresher for those of you who are tuning in every week, uh, the critical thing as I flagged at the outset is that my intention is to upskill some of your strategic capability. I want you to be able to start connecting some of these different conversations, strategic frameworks and tools that I'm having. I don't want you to be 
having to tune in or having to talk to me to get some guidance every week. I want you to really understand how the simple level, you know, the economy's working, your economy's working, how that fits into your business and what your business needs to do across wealth, growth, revenue and administration. Uh, so a reminder of the economic cycle, the ups and downs, the normal cycle that we go through, uh, the respond phase, which is when we do drop into the first early phases of an economic downturn or a recession, which usually lasts for about three months. That, again, is going to depend on your industry and how your country, your region has been impacted by the pandemic. The planning phase, the length of which is determined by the shape of the recession, we're forecasting an L-shaped recession given the speed of the decline. We're expecting bouncing along the bottom for a little bit longer uh, and an execution, a release point in the economy uh, in about July 2021. There's going to be growth later in this year. It's just not really going to take off until at least the middle of next year. Uh, and so this is when I'm talking about that shift from respond to planning. This is what I'm talking about. If your business is at that point, then step with power into the planning phase. And that means doing some things differently to what we encourage you to do during the respond phase, because you're now in a different point. There may be things that you did two weeks ago that were absolutely necessary for your business, but you now need to change. The things you need to do to respond may be different to the things you need to do to plan for the future of your business. And one of the things that we're gonna talk about is, well, what do we do with our war cabinet. So this is the, the focus for this week. I'm gonna talk about uh, the upgrade, how your war cabinet changes as you head into the planning phase. Uh, and then remember, stay tuned for that special offer that I wanna share with you later on. Uh, so presentation three of Don't Waste a Good Recession on the 3rd of April, after we talked about some of the emergency work from home, coronavirus policy, starting to get your cash flow planning done, I sat down and we had a presentation around putting your war cabinet together. This was the group of trusted advisors who were gonna help you face the pandemic and economic crisis that was going on. There were five key roles that I recommended for your war cabinet, which didn't necessarily have to be five separate people. Maybe some people like a great accountant who fit in to two or more of those. But those five key roles were the finance professional who can help you with cash flow forecasting and strategic financials someone to help you with the stimulus support. Most governments around the world are doing something to support business owners. So having that expert who can help you to understand what you can access and to help you access it, rather than you having to do all the paperwork yourself, incredibly valuable. Some kind of financial planner, if you have some assets outside of your business that could be a distraction. A mentor, the industry group, how are your peers being impacted by this? Because even a great accountant or an advisor or a financial planner is not necessarily going to know a lot of different businesses in your industry in the same way that a mentor or an industry group might do. Uh, and then the fifth that I saw as critical, but at the bottom of that list, was your business coach, your business advisor, someone that you may have been working with already or someone that you pulled in at this point because they had specific recession experience. As you shift, that's the respond phase war cabinet. As you shift into the planning phase, we need to do the war cabinet part two. And that means, uh, firstly, uh, it's not getting rid of any of those members. It's just changing up some of the priorities and the importance. So uh, for those of you who are able to see the, the video, uh, you know, you'll see how 
Uh, we've got the same five key roles being filled, but we've got a little bit of a different order and just to make it easy to, to look at the changes. So the stimulus support help, hopefully you've got that, you need that in your back pocket, but that goes down. Your financial planner is hopefully now managing whatever decisions or uh, research you need them to be doing. So their importance has moved down. Moving up is the mentor or industry group is now important. And that advisor with recession experience is now shifted from being fifth on the list to being first on the list. So right now, as you head into the planning phase, you've got the opportunity to look up, to look at the horizon, to go, what is the future I want to create for the business? Now, you need to be both the astrophysicist and the microbiologist in your business. You need to be able to look at the big picture and you need to be able to look at the, the minutiae of what happens in your business day to day. And that's where an advisor with recession experience really comes in as a, incredibly valuable because they will support you to look at that big picture. Most business coaches, business consultants are great at the whole vision, the strategy planning kind of conversation, but they've got that recession experience so that if things change, they can make sure that you're not building a castle on sand, that you're not getting too caught up in the opportunity and missing some of the fundamentals that might be going on in the foundation of your business, especially if some of the projections, the forecasts that, you know, those uh, stock market consensus might be uh, feeling right now turn out to be a little bit premature or optimistic. So same five roles at the start of your war cabinet. War cabinet part two is also about adding now, adding some other specific roles. And to really make this clear and to get that concept across to you, I want to talk about very, very quickly one of the key core strategic frameworks that I use with every single one of my clients, which is how they invest their time. So I'm not a believer in time management. Time is not there to be managed. Time is the greatest asset that your business has and it's there to be invested. Each and every week you get up and you make conscious decisions and some subconscious decisions about where to invest your time and where the team invests their time. And if you think about asset classes, which is a, you know something that a lot of us are keeping an eye on at the moment, you might have property, you might have shares, you might have gold, you might have Bitcoin where you invest your money across those asset classes is going to have a, an impact on the returns that you get in the short term and in the long term, depending on the mix. And it's exactly the same for your business. It's just that the asset classes in your business are a little bit different. So I color code them because of course I do, and also because that's a little bit of fun, it makes it a bit easier to remember. So I color code the four asset classes and categorize them as this. So at the, the Starting point in the red is your administration functions. I'm going to pull up a little bit of a list for those watching the video. So this is things like, uh, you know, your basic office administration, uh, your simple financials, accounts payable, accounts receivable, uh, legals, IT, suppliers, plant and equipment. These are often things that cost your business money, but of course they're fundamental to your business succeeding. So that's in the red. If red's the money going out, then blue is the money coming in. That's the revenue area of the business. So this is sales, it's customer experience, it's delivering the work, it's training your team, it's your whole operational structure. 
most small and medium-sized businesses are blue and red businesses. If I sat down with you and had a look at how you spend your time, if I went through all of your team and color-coded where they're investing their time every week, on average, uh, randomly picking anyone who's watching this video or listening to us on the podcast, I would estimate that 90 plus percent of that time would be in the red and blue. I blame accountants a little bit. An accountant will look at your profit and loss statement. Uh, that's a binary. There's profit, there's loss, there's revenue, there's costs, uh, there's you know revenue and admin, there's blue and there's red. The reality is that's only half the story when it comes to growing your business and creating the life that you want to live. Because we've got a third color, which is green, which is growth. And this covers things like your management reporting, your growth planning and strategy, your culture, your brand, your marketing, your research and development. These are a lot of the exciting things that business owners want to do. This is the reason why you go into business, to grow the business, to have fun in some of these functions instead of getting caught up in accounts payable, accounts receivable, sales or customer journey. And yet it doesn't take long in business for us to get pulled back into the blue and the red and we forget that we have the opportunity in the green. And part of the reason we do the green, we do that growth is for the fourth category, which is black, which is the wealth. So this covers vision, it covers business valuation, uh, asset management, portfolio, and leadership. And this is the real opportunity for every business owner is to be investing their time in the black and the green. And yes, in the early stages, you absolutely have to make sure you're doing the blue, you're bringing in the revenue. Uh, you've got to make sure that all four areas are working well and are coherent. You've got the right balance of that investment. There's no one that's more important than the others. It's getting the right balance. And that starts with you as the leader where you're investing your time. If you're watching this video on jacobaldridge.com, I will embed three shorter videos, two to three minutes each below. If you're not, then you can jump onto Google or YouTube and do a search for Blackboard Fridays episodes seven, eight, and nine. I talk about R&R. These are the R&R colors, rest and recuperation. that comes from roles and responsibilities. Uh, they'll explain those, they'll give you an exercise so you can have a look at it. The reason I wanted to spend time explaining that concept, where you're investing your time across those four categories, is because that's going to be something you could probably look at, you've done over the last few months of the respond phase, and what you need to shift in that regard heading into the planning phase. So the respond phase naturally pulls us back in to the red and the blue. We need to just take a step back from the growth, the opportunity, the exciting things in business uh, and just go back to basics a little bit. You know, where's the cash at? Where's the cash flow forecast? How are we going with sales, clients, all of those kind of things, all the things that I've been recommending. You don't want to get caught there. You don't want to wind back the business so much that you're having to do all of that again yourself or that that's where all of your time is suddenly going. Because as we shift, into the planning phase, when you get an opportunity to start looking forward again, your time needs to shift, in particular to get as much out of the red as you can and to be investing your time appropriately across the black, the green and the blue. Specifically then, in terms of your war cabinet. So how does your war cabinet help you to do that? Well, if we have a look at the original war cabinet, those five roles. So you'll see there the finance professional, the mentor, and the recession advisor. 
there when they're good individuals or good businesses that you're working with in those spaces, they sit across all four areas. They have the business experience and the strategic nous to understand how all the moving parts across all four of those areas work. They were through the respond phase almost certainly with you in the revenue blue and the admin red areas of the business. Yes, they could be having conversations with you about the green or the black, but they knew that the necessary investment of your time and their time was in the blue and the red. And so that's where they were focused with you. The financial planner that sits in the black, that's part of that wealth portfolio building for your future. And that stimulus person, which often your accountant, your bookkeeper, that is sitting in the red. That's getting that government stimulus. It's the compliance. It's making sure that the cash flow sits there and is going along okay. As we shift and as you shift your focus once again into growth and a longer term view of the business, then the war cabinet, hotshots part two, start to spread out across all of those. So we still have those five. I've aggregated this, the recession advisor, the financial professional, the mentor into a single line there that covers all of them still. And again, now you can really leverage it. Now you're sitting with the CFO, the business coach, and you're actually able to have some really exciting conversations about growth that are relevant. So who do I recommend that you add? Who else do you need in the outer cabinet in order to help your business to to change if that's what you want to do, to reaffirm the vision if that's what you want, to ask you all of those tough questions. Well, the first two sit in the green and that's someone who can help you with brand and marketing. Now that might be the same company, the same individual, that might be two separate. They are two separate conversations. Brand informs marketing. There are some people who are great at brand, aren't necessarily experts at marketing and vice versa. Market share, brand awareness, so much more of it is created in an economic downturn than it is during a boom time. So as you get the headspace, you want to make sure that you're reviewing your brand, your marketing strategy, and making sure that that's aligned with the overall strategy that you're setting with your recession advisor and those other experts. Make sure you have somebody in the self-care. That sits in the black. That's about your leadership skills, your energy. If you're not showing up healthy, focused, good energy with the business, then that's going to flow through all of your communication, decision-making, every other function is going to struggle because of it. Now, that could be a personal trainer, that could be a coach who's helping you with some things, that could just be a buddy, that could be a friend that you go running with, that could be a friend that you sit on the peloton and go virtual cycling with, that could just be somebody that you pick up the phone with on a regular basis, phone in one hand, bottle of wine in the other, have a conversation, a, an honest conversation around how your mental health is going. That is a critical part. And, and you see now we're not necessarily getting all of the outer cabinet into that one room with the inner cabinet, but you want to be making sure that you're having a conversation with most of these every single week. A couple of others is the HR advisor. So somebody with a strategic HR bent, but someone who can help you. If you've had to stand down staff, who do you want to bring back on? What's the pace around that? What can you and can't you do with rapidly changing employment law? If you want to rapidly downsize, rapidly upsize, what have you got to do? Have you got somebody who can actually help you to make those decisions and possibly even support you around some of the logistics, everything from recruitment to induction, uh, contracts and legals? 
So having that HR person is going to be critical to getting the right people in the right roles of your business moving forward. Uh, and then the last of the essential outer cabinet is somebody to help you with the customer journey. There's some things around uh, you know, bigger strategy, research, development, planning you might want to be doing, uh, but having a specialist who can come in and look at the client experience you're creating today and actually share with you how this recession is changing that on a national and global scale to help you get ahead of the curve, that is going to be one of the most valuable investments that you can make moving forward. So your inner cabinet, the recession advisor, the finance professional, the mentor industry peers, to the extent that you need them, the financial planner for your external assets and someone to keep you on top of the stimulus. The outer cabinet that we're adding, someone to help you with self-care, a buddy or an expert that you're investing in. Uh, people to help you with brand, with marketing, with HR, with the customer journey process that you're creating and then some other specialists across any of those four areas as may be required. So that could be someone to help you with uh, product R&D, could be market research, it could be sales process, it could be learning and development functions, it could be culture, it could be valuation if you have to sell your business. Any area where you have a gap or any area where your advisors and mentors don't necessarily have the strength to be able to help you, you can gap fill those. Those ones that I have listed are the ones that I see as essential. If you don't have a name, if you don't know who to go and talk to about the customer journey to review that within your business, uh, talk to those inner cabinet members, talk to your accountant, your CFO, your business coach. If they don't know, again, if you're watching this on jacobaldridge.com, I will have a list of some of the ones that I recommend. There's not one size fits all. What you do need to do is, is find the right person for your business, which is the size of your business, the industry, perhaps, but most importantly, the vision that you have. If you're a 500 person business, you want to be a 5,000 person business within the next five years. The support you need in all of those areas is very different from someone who has four people and hopes one day to get to 10. If you have any questions or want a specific recommendation, please feel free to reach out. One of the great joys I have in my role is giving out far more referrals than I actually take on clients because there are often some of these specialists who can help in a hurry where I, as that recession advisor, as that deep generalist, can take some time because I look at all of the moving parts. Some businesses need someone like that. When you need something quick, fast, specifically helpful, then I'm more than happy to make an introduction. And while we're talking about me, let's jump into, as promised, a little bit of that special offer uh, that I wanted to cover off. So how can I help? How can you reach me? Um, for those who aren't too familiar, uh, so I bring to this conversation, bring to privately owned, small and medium-sized businesses, 14 years of specific experience, more than a thousand business owners just like yourself who've attended some of my paid workshops or who have worked with me as a business coach, consultant or trainer one-on-one. -on -one. I am in Australia, one of the youngest business advisors to actually have official recession experience. Because I work internationally, because I lived in the UK, worked across Europe and North America during the Great Recession, I have actually gone into businesses in a recession that are struggling, that have no idea where to go forward. And on average, I've helped them grow by at least 
one case, one engagement, I took a business that had struggled through the early phases of the recession during the respond phase of the global financial crisis. They lost two thirds of their clients in six weeks. They rebuilt over a period of time. They got back level. And I came in and helped them to recognize that release execution point. And as a result of the projects that I helped them implement, they doubled the size of their business going through the second of that double dip recession. Australia hasn't had a recession since the early 90s. If your accountant, your business coach is under the age of 50 and has only worked in Australia, they haven't actually had that experience to know how a recession is so different to the GFC. How when the GDP does that in the overall economy, it's very different from the Australian chart where it managed to bounce along lower, but somewhat sustainably. So I bring some of that experience uh, and you know, from the international side, I continue to work with businesses all around the world, uh, 12 different countries, including the UK, the USA, Canada, Hong Kong, Singapore. Uh, I've worked with all of those countries in the last 12 months. Uh, and importantly, as I bring, as I give in terms of the Don't Waste a Good Recession presentations every week, I'm always looking for the win-win, an abundant mindset that if I can help your business, that my business will win as well. Uh, and that means sometimes you don't have to pay. That's the special offer that I wanted to talk through. And I'm going to be very, very quick with these. So the three ways that I'm working with businesses right now to give them an advisor with that recession experience, live events, strategic workshops, and formal business reviews. The live events is the one that is going to, uh, and already is proving to be the most popular, the most engaging. It's the quickest, it's the easiest. What are we talking about there? Formal, don't waste a good recession, either keynote or workshop style presentation, uh, either a 30 or 45 minute webinar, which if you're international and I can't come to you right now is the way to go. Uh, in a lot of Australia, we're still in some form of lockdown, so that's the best that we can do. Uh, I have also prepared the 90 minute, hour and a half long version for when we can do these again in person. We can actually get your clients, your team into a room and run a much more engaging and interactive presentation. So I'm doing these internally and externally and that's where the opportunity is to bring me into your business at no charge. So if you wanna run a Don't Waste a Good Recession webinar or when relevant in-person event for your clients, if you want me to partner up with you so that we can run a positive and practical presentation that your clients are going to love, then I'm more than happy to come in and do that absolutely free of charge. And if you need help with the technology, that I've got a decade of experience running these kind of events virtually, I'm more than happy to help bring my team to help you with some of those logistics. Now at this point, doing those at no cost, I can only fit 10 of those presentations in. Uh, that's not limited to any country. This week I delivered a presentation that had people everywhere from Canada to New Zealand in the audience. Uh, time zones, things that we can work around, everything is possible. So wherever you are in the world, we can tailor a specific message. We can get some of your country's economics in there. We can make that as valuable as we possibly can. Uh, my only caveat on those free presentations is that they must be free to your clients. So if you're someone who runs paid events, if you often have people pay to come to your events and you're looking for someone to help, I'm not going to do that free, but I'm more than happy to do that, a joint venture or profit share kind of arrangement. I'm looking to give 
to businesses who want to give on to their clients and to help them at a very uncertain time and getting through this crisis. Now, if you want something a little bit more specific, uh, you know, there's the options on that previous page to come in and run a workshop for your team. Most business owners that I'm talking to who are beginning to shift into the plan phase, they're not necessarily looking for something a light touch. They're not necessarily jumping in and wanting a, a detailed ongoing coaching or consulting relationship just yet, um, but they want some guidance. They want to be able to sit down with somebody who can help them have a look at what's going on and make some key decisions. So this is the strategy workshop that I'm running, very broadly talking about gloom to tune to boom. Uh, are you recession ready? Are you ready to take some of that uncertainty to look at your business? How do you fine tune it so that you can bloom and boom in the short term and certainly once we head into that economic upswing? Those are always a bespoke agenda. I sit down with a business owner beforehand to get the agenda as tight and focused as possible to get you your outcomes, whether you're looking to do a half day workshop, a full day workshop, or you want to do a corporate retreat or a multi-day off-site kind of event with the whole leadership team, we can tailor the agenda to cover all of those. And then there's always the follow-up session as well, which can be as brief as you want. Uh, some people prefer those to be shorter, some people prefer them to be longer, but there's no point making decisions in a workshop if they disappear the moment you walk back into your business. So all of these include the pre, the delivery, and the follow-up to make sure you are executing. What we're looking to do with most businesses right now is review how you're going in the respond phase, whether you're struggling to survive or whether you're actually thriving, are you making the right strategic decisions, and how do you shift those short-term choices into long-term success to grab the market share, brand awareness, revenue and profit that exists. And then the third and final uh, offer and opportunity that I'm working with businesses is a formal full-on business review. So this is for those businesses that are either thriving right now or are confident of their survival and want to get that head start on the competition. So if you don't have an advisor with recession experience, if you are looking for somebody to specifically help you with strategic capability at some of the decisions you need to make, and I would love for you to reach out and to have that conversation. That can be the live events. We can start there. If you want to be one of those 10, drop me an email, first in, best dressed. If you're looking for a strategy workshop, a business review, or a live event to run with your team, send me an email, put one of those in the subject line, live event, strategy workshop, business review, so that I can see exactly what it is that they're about. And that's a no commitment kind of thing. Start a conversation and you will only ever be invoiced by me when you know that there is great value to be received. Your actions for this week. As always, make sure that you like, that you subscribe and that you share. We are all in this together and the more you share the positive and practical, the more we all benefit. Have a review of your existing walk cabinet. Have you got those five key roles filled? Are they still relevant? Have you got people you know in the subsequent five, those new areas of business that you need to focus on? And are there any other gaps? Are there any other specialists that you require? If you need referrals, send me an email, have a look at my website, or of course, ask those other trusted advisors that you already have. If you're looking to do something different, if you're looking to value add to your clients to help them act more positively or to take home some practicals, then grab that free live event offer that I've put out there. 
send me an email, reach out to me on my website. More specifically in your business, if you've been through the respond phase, if you're heading into the planning phase, now is the time to engage somebody who knows what that feels like, who knows the size and scope of the opportunity that exists and can help you to practically seize that opportunity in a way that invests your time appropriately, that leverages the capability of your team, and that means that when we get through this recession, whether you're in Australia or in any of those other countries around the world, you can look back and recognise that despite all the uncertainty, some of the fear, the anxiety that might have been going on, despite all of the crisis, in the context of your business, this was indeed the greatest opportunity of your business life. As always, there's opportunity to be found. Don't waste a good recession. Mayday, mayday, going down. Mayday, mayday, going down. Mayday, mayday, going down. Mayday, mayday, going down. Mayday, mayday, going down.